0: Hey, this is Mitch Rose. I'm the lead pastor of City Hills Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. Hope this message encourages you, it inspires you, it challenges you to live your best life. Take a listen. Here's this week's message. I mean, this is an manning kind of church, and uh, I hope that you are an a kind of people. Uh, I will tell you this, uh, as we look around, first service was just as full Uh, It's time for you to get on the dream team so we can launch a third service everybody It's time for you to get on the dream team so we can launch a third service and make more room for more people to meet Jesus Shout amen to that All right, I'll preach three of them and the third is going to be the best because I'm hungry, you know what I mean? So uh, I'll get out of here quickly But uh, we are in week three of this series uh, called Breaking Free If you haven't called up, let me encourage you uh, to do that I apologized about my voice, didn't I let me do that one more time but uh, I'll, I'll be better this next week, I promise you um, uh, the this series is really I love preaching in January. I told you that when I started it. I love this topic if you really want to know a life message uh, if you're interested in you know for twenty three years now to almost twenty four years of vocational ministry this this January preaching is Really the, the heart of, of, of uh, Brandy and I and our ministry For the last several decades And I really do want you to break free From some stuff in your life I don't want you to live another year in the same vicious cycle You lived in last year I don't want you to have the same problems you had I want you to have the same marriage you did have Let me be clear with you But I want you to have a better marriage Let me say it better this way I want you to go home with whoever you came with Alright but I want it to be better in the car and better in, the, in, in, in your house. I want your kids. I don't want you to kill your kids this year. Let's make that a goal, everybody. I don't want you to kill your teenagers. Can I get a better amen, everybody? I want, you, I want them to love God. And I want to help you not, not live that cycle again. I want, to, I want to help you get out of depression this year. It is not God's will for you to be uh, losing sleep, not able to eat, Dark, depressed, full of anxiety. It is God's will for you to be full of joy. Shout amen to that. I want you to come out of that. I really do. I want you to come out of that this year. So, we've been preaching about breakthrough. And last week, I got to catch you up really quick. If you didn't catch it, catch it online. But uh, we, uh, we, we asked this question. We looked at the story in the New Testament where Jesus goes to the pool of Bethesda. There's the man there, been lame 38 years. He asked him, the most important question I think Jesus asked in all of the New Testament, he looked at this person who'd been dysfunctional, had, had he'd been lame, he'd been paralyzed, he had problems for 38 years, and he asked him, do you want to be well? Do you want to be well? Seems like a crazy question, but honestly your answer to the question determines how long you stay sick. Your answer to do you want to be well determines, I, I, I like to say it this way, if you don't want it, even God can't give it to you. If you don't have something on the inside that said, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I am not doing this anymore. We are not going through this cycle again. I'm not going to have this same problem again. I'm not talking about chronic. I'm not, I'm just saying I'm not going, I'm not going to go under this year. I'm going to go over. Until you get there, Jesus could be in your presence, ready to heal you, but you gotta want what Jesus is offering. Say amen to that. You gotta want it. You gotta want it. Today, I wanna ask you a similar question, but I really wanna help you through this. I just I can't get away from these couple of stories, so I want to help you through it. I want to ask you, who's helping you get well? Who's help? If last week Jesus would ask, Do you want to be well? I want to ask you this week, who's helping you get well? Who's helping you get well? Who's championing your Freedom who's with you that's encouraging you last week if you weren't here take notes all Christians take notes in church by the way So when you look down the aisle and someone's not taking notes Altar call you know what I mean? I'm kidding. I'm that's I'm I'm joking A little bit, but I want you to take notes if you were (laughs) Write this down in your notes. I said this last week I've told you this before but some people don't want to be healed because they get too much attention being broken some people don't want to be healed because they get too much attention being broken. This week, I want you to write it down like this. Some people don't want you to be healed because they benefit from your brokenness. Now, this is better preaching than you're going to amen, but I'm going to have a good time because I'm on a buzz of antihistamines. Some people don't want you to get healed because they benefit from you being broken. There's some stuff in your life, Trent, you could want all you want, but you're around people who don't want it for you, and it doesn't matter how much want to you have, they'll hold you back from what God wants in your life because they benefit from you being broken. Let me say it like this. Not everybody is interested in your freedom. Some people are highly invested in your captivity. Some people like you better drunk. Some people like you better depressed. Some people like you. I am going to preach. It's going to get quiet, but I'm going to preach my socks down today. Some some people like you better when you've got issues. Let me tell you why. Because it makes them feel better about their issues. You ever go to your hometown? I was born and raised in Eastern Arkansas. Woo pig suey Two of us. There's only two of us. We're probably related. My cousin in the back. <laughs> in Eastern Arkansas, it's depressed. It's oppressed, and I, my family watches on. They, they know. I mean, it's it's a sad. It's cotton fields, and there's nothing else there. It's it's the Delta. It's it's an oppressive kind of place, and. I was born there and raised there, my childhood there, and my family, I got extended family still lives in the area, and sometimes, not my extended family, but sometimes when you go back to an area like this, maybe you can relate to this, you made it out, you moved away, man, You God blessed you, you went to school, you, you got married, you're in a healthy marriage, you got good kids, God put his hand on you, you found a good Bible, believe in church like this one, that believes in the blessing of God on your life, and you started living out purpose and God's hands on your life, and And then you go back to that environment and everybody looks at you like oh you coming back here with money now huh oh you're gonna come back to uh, you're gonna help us back here and you walk in thinking no man I'm just man God's been good to me God bless me are you with me everybody but some people like you better when you were like them Some people like you better when you didn't have anything. Because when you didn't have anything, you didn't make them feel bad for not pursuing anything in their life. When you didn't walk in purpose, you didn't make them feel bad for not walking in purpose. When you didn't live out calling, you made them feel like, well, it's okay to not live out calling because at least I got people. But the moment you break out of that, some people think, I liked you better. I liked you better when you were an addict. I like, could you imagine me addicted to something? This is antihistamine gel. I like you better. I like you better when you're on something. I like you better when you gossiped about everybody. I like you better when you were negative about everybody. Not everybody wants you free. They don't want you free because they like you bound. They're interested in you staying bound so they're not faced with what freedom really looks like. Look straight ahead because some of you are walking through this right now. It matters who's with you to help you get healed Some people want your marriage to fail because theirs is Some people are depressed and they think everybody else should be They're addicted to pills, you ought to be addicted to sleeping pills They're negative about everybody, you should complain about everything They hate everybody, you should hate everybody They aren't spiritual and pray, you shouldn't be spiritual and pray They're broke, you ought to be broke They're promiscuous, you shouldn't be pure. They're offended, you ought to be offended. They spread lies, you should lie. They're church hurt, you must be church hurt. It's not that you can't get free, it's that they like you better bound. They like you living, write it down like this. I'm helping y'all today, I know it's helping when you get quiet. Look right at me. Misery loves company, so does dysfunction. Misery loves company You've said that You've heard that You've talked that You've talked that to your kids Misery loves company loves somebody If you don't have anything good to say Come sit by me If you don't like anything come over here I, if, if you got problems come sit by me And I, I, Misery loves to be uh, Around other miserable people and I'm mopey and you're mopey and I'm depressed And you're depressed but dysfunction also likes company Because it lessens the effect Of my dysfunction I don't feel as bad So then all the dysfunctional people around the pool Of Bethesda they don't I don't want you to get healed because then it really highlights my sickness. Then it really highlights that I'm still here and you're you, you've broken free and God's moving in your life. It's amazing to me the number of people that will try to hold you back when you're trying to do to do right. When you're trying to move forward, when your life's trying to be, you're trying to change your life. They like you better bound than they like you free. Can I get a better amen? I want to help you with that today because it matters. It matters your answer to the question of who are you with, who's helping you be well Who's around you that's encouraging you and strengthening you and telling you you can make it Who's around you that's telling you, no man, we can do this, God's for you God's on your side, everybody Let me give you two stories, I can't get out of this I Honestly, I didn't mean to preach the same story three times, but I'm going to Numbers, if you have your Bibles, Numbers, the 14th chapter, that's where I'll be Put your hand right there and then mark the second chapter. Flip over to the New Testament. I'm still preaching about the children of Israel leaving Egypt. I'm sorry, I tried to get out of it, but I can't do it. I studying for this message, and God put this uh, th- th- this in in my heart. I want to catch you up on the story really quick. The the children of Israel have been in Egypt for how long? Y'all listen, four hundred years. Four. I preached it twice. Four hundred years, everybody. they have been in. How long they've been in captivity? Four hundred years. Thank you, smartest crowd here. Four hundred years. And and they've uh, Moses delivers them out of uh, out of captivity. They cross through the Red Sea. Remember last week? Moses goes to the top of Mount Sinai and he gets the law. The people are down below. They've been gone about forty-five or fifty days. I'm sorry, about four and a half or five months, and they're they're getting restless. And they build this golden calf. They do this thing. They've now where we pick up in Numbers 14. They've now been there a year. Okay, they've been at the base of Mount Sinai about a year. And when we take a trip to Israel, you'll be able to see the proximity of this. The Jordan River is close by. And on the other side of the Jordan River is the Promised Land. Now, if you're new to the Bible, let me help you with this. You may may think, no, I I think they were in the wilderness for 40 years. They were, and I'll get to that in a moment. But in year one, God brought them to the edge of the Promised Land. Let me help you with this. More than likely, you've been at the edge of freedom before. You probably know what it's like You've probably seen a cross It's not like you don't have any idea They, They were at the edge of the Jordan a year in It didn't take them 40 years They were sentenced to 40 years It didn't take them that long to get. It usually doesn't take people that long To figure out what's broken in my life It doesn't take you year after year For you to go this isn't working anymore it doesn't take you year after year, rehab after rehab, to realize this is the wrong crowd. It doesn't take you all that time. They had one year, and they're standing at the edge of the Jordan River, and they're looking over. And Moses has an idea. He said, we're going to go take the land. And I want to I know what the land's like. So he takes one prince. The Bible, one translation calls it spies. A better translation is prince. He takes a prince from every tribe. Twelve spies. And one from every tribe And he says I want you to go across the Jordan And I want you to tell us what the promised land is like Tell us about the topography Tell us about what it looks like Tell us about the cities that are there Tell us how it looks Tell us the the food sources Tell us do they have good Tex-Mex Come on somebody Like I, We're thinking about moving there But not if they don't have a Chewies. That's how you ought to make your decisions You know what I'm saying Yeah Come on everybody And and, and just He actually tells them Tell me about the food Tell me about the cities Tell me what's all there And there's 12 of these spies And they go And they go across the Jordan River And they're in the promised land For 40 days Everybody say 40 days They're there for 40 days. They come back. One of the stories is they're carrying grapes so big that they have to carry them on their shoulders. I mean, these are massive. It's an amazing place. The Bible actually said the promised land, they confirmed when they got back. All 12 spies said the land flows with milk and honey. I've been in church all my life. I'm a third generation spirit-filled preacher. And all my life I've wondered, why milk and honey, God? Why milk and honey? And then I started reading and I realized they've been eating biscuits called manna for a year. Come on, brother, you need milk and honey on that. Are you with me? (laughs) Tell me God doesn't love you. (laughs) It flows with milk and honey, they said. All 12 of them. But 10 of them... Had a negative report The majority of the 12 said Listen it's incredible over there It's amazing over there They got everything we've been looking for But They got giants over there It's scary over there I don't think we can do it over there I don't know that we can take this land As a matter of fact It's our recommendation That we do not Go over there I don't think we're ready We're not prepared They got big cities It's got big walls They got tons of stuff I don't think it's going to work Two guys Had a different report The minority report Two guys named Joshua and Caleb said It flows with milk and honey It's amazing over there It's incredible And I think we're well able to take it I like to think of Joshua and Caleb as Texans Where's all my native Texans at? Where are you at? Yeah That's the universal call right there. I like to think they're Texans, and if you're a Texan, here's what I think. I think Joshua and Caleb are Texans because I don't even think they talked. I think this is, listen, you're going to know, all them fellas that just did that. If you brought a cowboy hat with you, you're going to know what this means. I think Caleb, looked at Joshua, and he said. (laughs) What does that mean? Let's roll. Oh, we got this. Oh, it's bad. Oh, it's bad. It's my friend Mike. It's bad. But let's go. Oh, we got this. Come on, load up. Let's roll. Ten guys are going, I don't know. This looks terrible over there. I don't know. The giants are over there. We look like grasshoppers. I don't think we can do it. Joshua and Caleb said, man, I don't know what you saw. It looked like that to me too, but I think God is well able for this. Now, listen to me. They did this in front of the entire nation of Israel. There's about a million, maybe a million and a half people looking out there. There's only 12 brothers at the front of the room, and ten of them said no, and two of them said yes, and ten spies stopped the destiny of a million people. Because it matters who you listen to on your way to freedom. It matters the people you're around. It matters the voices in your life when you're on. Some people don't want you to be free because they like you better broken. Some people don't want you to break through Some people don't want that in your life Some people they are always going to. There's only two people in your life right now You don't have to categorize them in church But you need to go home and start thinking about it There's only two people There's somebody that says This is going to work God's going to be on your side We can do it Let's roll Let's get after it Let's do this together Sh- meet, meet me at prayer Show up tomorrow morning I'll meet you here You can do this God's on your side And there's always going to be people who say No, it's too hard No, we've always been this way. Why would we stop now? This is how it's always been here. We've never broken out of this town or out of this cycle. Nobody's ever done that in our family. Nobody's ever gone to college and completed. Why are you starting now? It's too late. You're too old. This won't work. There's always going to be people who tell you no. And the children of Israel believed the negative voices and 10 bad attitudes stopped 1 million destinies. cousin matters. It matters who's helping you on your way to healing. And there's some people invested in you staying broken. Look at your closest relationships. Look at the people nearest you. Are they championing your freedom? Are they championing your joy? Are they uh, This is what this is what happens to to Christians. Christians we don't we don't gossip. We just have prayer requests. Listen, we need to pray about this. I heard. <laughs> you heard. You know what I always talk about with gossip? You know what I always wonder about gossip? You know the first thing, you come to me with it, you know the first thing I ask? What does it say about you that they trusted you that they would gossip to you? What does it say about you? Oh, I'm just trying to help. Oh, I'm just, you're not just trying to help, you're trying to hold them back because you like all that information. You like all the negativity, listen, misery loves company, and so does dysfunction. I, li- I like you this way. I like you in a, in a, a depressed all the time. I like you um, upset all the time. I want you to have all this. And 10 bad attitudes said, no, this ain't gonna work. And they held back. Numbers 14 and 23, look at it. If you've never read this, maybe you're new to the Bible, you didn't know this, but listen to me. Not one of those, Numbers 14, 22 not one of those. Who, this is God telling Moses. Not one of those who saw my glory and the signs I performed in Egypt and the wilderness, but who disobeyed me and tested me ten times. Verse 23. Not one of them will ever see the promised land. And from that day forward, every human being over the age of 20. Read it for yourself. Numbers 14. Every person over the age of 20 except Joshua and Caleb. Died in the desert. Why twenty? Because God had a, a a new generation, a young generation, that He had to kill out the negative voice that you can't be free. God had to God had delivered them from Egypt. He just had to kill Egypt and them. The reason why we're a next generation church. The reason why you look around and see so many young people. The reason why Wednesday night, Brandy and I, and we're going to have a vision night for student ministry. The reason why we're starting a new ministry for 10, 11, and 12-year-olds. Because I want to I I I raise a whole generation of next generation leaders. I want to raise up. we got 20, 25, 30 more years of ministry here. Brandy and I, I want to raise up a whole another generation that I can hand to full of faith. I want them to believe the report of the Lord. I want them to believe that God's on their side. I don't, have, I don't want them to have to pay for unbelief. And I don't want to pay for unbelief. I don't want to be one of the ones that says, well, I can't go because I didn't believe. No, I believe God can set me free. I want to be made whole. I'm going to get around people that tell me I can and not that I can't. Every single person I'm around, I want my life to be moving forward. And it matters, Who write it down like this, your freedom is connected to who you're connected to. Your freedom is, your freedom, look at me, last week I told you, your freedom is connected to your want to, but your freedom's also connected to who you're connected to. Because you can have all the want to in your life, and have people who hold you back. Have a crew who keeps you down. You can be held back, not because of your desire, but because of your company. You got to touch somebody beside you and say, check your circle. Check your circle, you didn't do it Say check your circle, touch them, say check your circle Check your circle, look around, check your circle I'm looking around, I'm counting, I'm looking at my friends Check, you gotta, you gotta check yours. I, the voices that I'm listening to, are they encouraging me or holding me back? Are the voices I'm listening to, are they discouraging my spiritual life or encouraging my spiritual life? Are they discouraging my marriage or, or, or discouraging my mental health? What, what's happening? If listen to me, you gotta find people who are encouraging your freedom. Shout amen to that. Let me give you a little practical advice because I'm seeing you glaze over right here, and that's okay. Me too. It's the antihistamines. Did I tell y'all? Look at me, if your marriage is struggling Do not seek Advice from a couple Who's on their seventh marriage Now if you're here today on your seventh marriage I love you, you're welcome here It's a church full of grace Say amen to that everybody But I ain't taking marriage advice from you Stay married to number eight for a while You know what I mean? Bury that brother, you know, like stay around Don't kill him, I just mean be there when he dies (laughs) Some of y'all took that Are you with me everybody? If you're broke, don't hang around people with a hundred thousand dollar worth of credit card debt Because they're broke too They don't know how to understand money either If you're trying to be financially free, go find you somebody financially free. Am I helping you, everybody? If you're trying to pursue God this year, don't spend time around people you haven't seen at prayer. Find somebody at the altar. Find somebody who's praying. Don't go looking for a gossiper. Don't go looking for somebody who doesn't serve on the team. Don't go looking for a non-tither. If I'm trying to get closer to God, find me some people close to God. I need to get around people closer. It's why I do that. I do that in my life. You're looking at men in this room, mighty men in this room. I have a group text with men in this very room who encourage, I want my life to be where their life is. Brett Vesey, I want my life where he's an entrepreneur and a leader in his family and a leader in God. And God's delivered him and just a radical transformation in his life. Now he leads thousands and he leads a company and he's an amazing leader. Jeff Martin, he leads an entrepreneur, he's a leader of men. If I want to be a better leader, I ain't running with a bunch of jokers. I'm looking at these brothers. Teach me, help me, grow me, help me. I want to get better. I don't want to be held back. Are you with me, everybody? You're not going to soar with eagles when you're running around with the chickens. Them jokers don't fly. Am I helping you, anybody? You got to be, if you're struggling with depression. Don't only talk to people who are negative They'll pull you further down If you struggle with the spirit of offense Don't only look for offended people The spirit of offense is contagious by the way It's contagious I said I've met people, not y'all, people in first service (laughs) They don't even know why we're offended What are you upset about? I don't know, they just said they were Oh, so you just, you got secondhand offense? You know what I mean? If you're depressed, I know it's a support group, but sometimes you what you really mean is you're supporting our habits and our depression and our. Are you with me, everybody? It matters who you're with. It matters who. you're Let me give you a New Testament story. Then I got to go. Matter of fact, come play that way. I'll, if you play the slow music, that's a, a sign that I'm done. Let me give you a New Testament story Flip over in your Bible to Mark the second chapter Mark 2 A few days later When Jesus again entered Capernaum This is his adopted hometown The people heard that he had come home You know he was raised in Nazareth But this is his adopted hometown And they gathered in such large numbers That there was no room left Not even outside the door And he preached the word to them Church was hopping, everybody I mean, it was hopping, you know It's second service I mean, it's it's crazy You know, it's old school church There's choirs and robes You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's, it's, it's happening Sweat slinging everywhere, you know You couldn't find a seat People, ever, babies everywhere Lines at the bathroom You know, just I mean, it's happening Nowhere to park your donkey You know what I mean? I mean, you just couldn't get in here, man There's tons of people Verse 3, Mark 2 And some men came and they brought to Jesus a paralyzed man, carried by, look at this, carried by four of them. Carried by four of them. These guys have an acquaintance, look at me, that had no way to get to Jesus. Had no way to get to Jesus. He's paralyzed. He's broken. He's he's on a mat. He can't get People who tell me, well, pastor, I can be a Christian without a church family. You're right. Look at me. You're right until you're flat on your back. Uh, Pastor, I can be saved without going to church. You're right until you're paralyzed. And then you need some help. Then it matters who you're with. Then it matters the friends that you have around you who pick you up, grab you, and say... I'm going to get you to Jesus. Verse 4, since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and lowered the mat that he was lying on. Crazy idea. Seems silly, honestly. Ripped this hole in the roof, lowered this man down right in front of Jesus. They created an opportunity for Jesus to work a miracle. By the way, that's why I want you to bring people to church. Because I want you to, I want you we create, that's why we have to start another service. That's why we have to keep reaching for people. Because we create more opportunities for people to meet Jesus. And we do inconvenient things so that they have the convenience of being close to Jesus. Say amen. Verse 5, when Jesus saw, here's the part, underline this in your Bible. When Jesus saw, everybody say their faith. Everybody say their faith. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven. Verse 11, I tell you, get up, take up your mat, and go home. So he got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. And this amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. Look at me. It was their faith that got him healed. Sometimes, sometimes you gotta have it for you. That's what happened to the man at the pool of Bethesda. You gotta want it. Sometimes you gotta have people that want it for you. They want it for you. I want you to be whole. I want you to be well. I, I want your faith. Their faith can heal you or hold you back. This man meets Jesus, he's his dysfunction is healed his sins are forgiven not because of his own desire but because he had people around him that encouraged his freedom brought him to Jesus took him to hope that's really what, what I want for you it's, it's what I want in a spiritual family it's what I want for this church it's, it's why you heard on church news it's why in a couple of weeks on the 5th we have what we call Welcome Home it's our monthly event for newcomers and I'll be there, Brandy will be there I, I, I teach it we'll talk about our vision and values and how to get on the dream team and how to join a group and you can just you can become a member there. Why? Because family matters. And then the week after that, on February the 12th, we start small groups. We launch a whole new semester of small groups, everybody. And yeah, and, and I, I can't wait. And people are already sign, registering for small groups. Like they're already hosting groups and signing up to lead groups. And why? Why are they doing all that? Because we need each other. And you don't need you don't need people till you do, right? You don't need people till you're flat on your back and you can't get to freedom. A couple days ago, I was you know dealing with all the, all this cedar. And, matter of fact, if no one wrote cedar on your prayer request, would you please put that on there? And I you know I had stage four man flu, you know. Chronic. I was dying. This could have been it. I called Brandy on my cell phone. I was upstairs. She's downstairs, you know, because I'm just too weak, you know. Oh, y'all have never been there. Okay. Amazing! If you ever had a surgery, you've had something, you know. You ever, and you've been down, and you think, "No, I'm good," until you're not. And then you need people. You need people who surround you and stand with you and encourage you, be with you, and let me just I, I, honestly this end of my message. I just want to tell you, we want to be that family. I want to be that family. I want you to join the church on February the fifth. I want you to join the dream team. I want you to find a small group on the twelfth. I, I can't make a promise this is the perfect church. It's not a lot of problems. It's mainly because of me. Because I'm not perfect. But I will tell you this. There's a bunch of people who gather around you when you fall down. and Bring you back to Jesus. And when you can't get up, you don't have strength on your own. And when you're in bondage. And when you can see the promised land. I want there to be people that surround you. to say we can do this. We can get we can get through this that we, this isn't gonna take us under no we got this no we can do no we're no we're going over there we're well able bow your heads and close your eyes for prayer all over the building. if that's you would you just raise your hand if you say man I don't know that there's people in my life who are encouraging matter of fact I think there's people who are holding me back if that's you and this message is for you just slip a hand up and say man I I, I think there are people who are they're more interested in me being held back. They kind of like me broken. I'm ready to be free. So Father, I pray for every hand that was raised and every heart in the room today, people who are desperate for freedom, desperate for change, desperate for new in their life, desperate for what's next, and de- desperate for their heart to move towards God. And there are people who are holding them back and, struggling and people who are who are trying their best to keep them on my, I want you to stay on my level. I like you better broken. I pray for boldness today. I pray for strength for those people today. God, I pray for freedom. I pray there'd be I, I pray there'd be freedom in their minds and their heart. You'd break the chains that are on their hearts that have them bound and stayed low. God that they'd break free. God I'm carrying them today to Jesus I I sort of lower them in front of you and ask you to heal and help some of them can't get there on their own they've been sick so long paralyzed so long, depressed so long hurt so long, upset so long they just don't know that they can get there so I just pray for people to carry them to carry them to Jesus Father I thank you for that, I thank you that you're our healer and our hope today, I thank you that God, my my shoulders are a little broader today because you're on my side. I'm going to believe the report of the Lord. I'm going to believe that you're for me and not against me. I'm going to believe that you're there even when I don't feel you. I'm going to believe that you're opening a door in my life, making a way. I'm going to believe that this this promised land may be difficult, may be tough to get there, to wholeness and healing, but you're going to be with us. We're going to cross the Jordan into our freedom and into our hope. We're, we're moving towards promise together, towards deliverance together. We're breaking free together in Jesus' mighty name. And a faithful church said a big amen. Amen. Do you receive the word of the Lord today, everybody? Thank you for joining us today. And a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. You know, it's because of you that we're able not only to bring this message to you, but we're able to offer hope and life to the San Antonio Hill Country and beyond. So if you'd like to give today, you can visit CityHillsTX.com right now. And if this message blessed you, why don't you click subscribe or share this message with your friends uh, on your socials. I pray it's a blessing to others in your world. Thanks again for listening today. God bless you.